Hey everyone and welcome to Questionable Booking. We are your hosts, Gerard Clark. And this is DC. And tonight we are talking about, what are we talking about? King of the Ring, 1988, 1998. <laughs> oh. oh man, I was like, hold up. I, 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 <laughs> hey, I watched the wrong show. And I also don't think they had King of the Ring in 88. They definitely <laughs> did not, man. They definitely did not. I, I said 88. I have no idea where that came from, man. <laughs> that's that, that's on me. My fault. My fault, man. My fault. It, it, it was my boy's birthday last night. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, man. Right. 98. King of Nin- the Ring 98. 1998. Yep. Good pay-per-view for... Uh, reasons outside of the name of the pay-per-view mm-hmm. uh we'll, t- we'll touch on that but mm-hmm. um how you been man last week my power went out so we didn't record but where you been man how you been oh man i've been all right man you know dealing with this uh good old st- uh, stormy weather in the uh dc maryland virginia area um been enjoying this last week of, of not being in class so my uh, my semester starts up on uh monday for the uh, for the summer so you know just been been enjoying been enjoying a little a little off time man how about yourself wait a minute you taking summer classes oh yeah man oh i do i do school year round i'm in fall then i do winter then I do spring, then summer, and get right back in the fall, man. I'm trying to get this degree over with. <laughs> now I feel you on that. Yeah, man. So how much? Uh, when do you graduate? Ooh, uh, depends on the, on the dissertation, but uh, anticipated right now is in 2024. So I'm gonna see oh. if I can see if I can speed that up a little bit, though. See if I can get either late 2022 or 2023, something like that going on. I can't. I can't do another three. I can't. I can't do another three years, man. <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, so what are you getting your doctorate in? Uh, information assurance and cybersecurity. Nice. Yeah, man. Some. So, so what slight. you gonna do with that? What you uh, gonna do with that? I want to go into consulting, and um, I also want to teach. So. You know, get the, uh, I mean, cybersecurity is still relatively new in a sense. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not brand new, but it's still kind of new compared to everything else going on, uh, you know, in the world. So hopefully, you know, help with ushering, ushering in the next generation and, and try to advance the technology a little bit more, uh-huh. or the knowledge of the technology a little bit more, so... Sounds good, man. I might uh might be able to introduce you to some people, man. So okay, okay, that sounds good. This sounds yeah. great, man. How, how about you? How 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 you been? And I've been all right. So uh, the job they have a week off. Okay, in the uh, first week of July. So been off, but. Uh, yeah, man, just been chilling. So, got you, man. Trying to lose a few more pounds. Okay. So, uh, all right, man. And uh, sometimes watching these uh, pay per views mm-hmm. help me work out because I'm like, man, I'm trying to look like The Rock. <laughs> Wait, the, the Rock then or The Rock now? I'm never going to look like The Rock now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm gonna aspire to look like The Rock then. Okay. Hey man, you can look I like think The it's Rock possible now. Man. Nah, no. I mean, I got the bald head, but that's about it. <laughs> Other than that, uh, uh-uh. uh, in a different <laughs> stratosphere. Hey, have you seen The Rock's cheat meals, man? That's why I say I'll never look like The Rock. I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, I know he works out a lot, but right. And I mean, 
He's also 6'5". Very true. Yeah, when he's in movies, he I mean, he look like a big dude, but, bro, he don't look 6'5", man. To me. 6'5"? I mean, come on. Hey. Uh, it depends on who he's standing next to. That's true. That's true. I'll give you that one. But uh, that's, a, that's a big dude, man. Oh, yeah, Muscular. for sure. For sure. Ain't no games. Ain't no games being played over there. Nah, at Seven man. Bucks Entertainment. No games at all are being played. <laughs> it's all business over there. Right. You know what? That's my challenge. I am going to look like The Rock by the end of the year. Ooh. New Rock. New Rock? New rock. Okay. New Rock. Okay. That's my goal, man. I'm trying to look like the rock. But I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it in a healthy way. Like I'm not trying to go crazy. Cause I, I could get insane when it comes to working out. Like I could go like man, I can I can only eat like fourteen hundred calories and I could work out twice a day, which is not it's not natural. It's not healthy. But I I mean I could do it. Okay. Whew, you're a bad man. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm already at the twice a day. I wake up around five, just go for a walk, uh, turn it to a light jog, and then you got the Peloton at home. I'll knock out a Peloton ride in the afternoon, eat my heaviest meal, light, light breakfast, heaviest meal at lunch, very light dinner gallon of water but see my thing is I like that Jesus juice <laughs> the wine yeah man I like hey. that Jesus juice so but I I mean it's easy for me to give it up I can easily give that up I don't have to have it right. but I like it right I enjoy a glass of wine or two. Respect. But yeah, man, that's the goal. I'm going to look like New Rock. Okay. Let's get it. December 31st. Let's get it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, Captain. It's going to happen. I feel you, man. Now, as we get into this pay-per-view that -hmm. we're covering tonight, King of the Ring 1998 pay-per-view that was not uh, well-known for, like I said, the name of the Mm pay-per-view. I kind of forgot about the actual King of the Ring tournament. Same. Until I watched this back. Definitely same here. And, uh... Oh. What was your uh, what was your overall thoughts on the pay per view? Um, that's your pretty that's a pretty solid pay per view. Um, outside of you know the moment, uh, probably one of the the most famous moments in WWE at that, at that time F, but WWE F WWE history. So, um, like I said, I thought it was a solid pay-per-view. Uh, I forgot all about the King of the Ring tournament. But going back and watching it, I was like, okay, this was actually pretty solid. All the way around, uh, from beginning to end, you know. Was, I agree, was, man. It was, it, was, it was solid. It was very solid pay-per-view. It was a solid King of the Ring tournament. Yeah, for sure. I was uh I I definitely forgot um about the whole tournament. I forgot about all of that. Right. And it's not like it's not like you had some nobodies in there. You you had Ken Shamrock and The Rock in the finals. Yep. I mean, that's not a <laughs> That's not a go to the bathroom type match. 
So, mm. hey. let's get into it, man. Like, what was your favorite match? Uh, Outside, I, I, and let me preface. I know. I, I'm with you. No, <laughs> nobody's favorite match could be the Hell in a Cell match. Right. Um, you know what? I'd actually say the final of the uh, the King of the Ring tournament. I can't share Brock and the and the Rock, man. I actually okay. think that was my favorite. That was my favorite match on the card. I'm seeing it, looking at it now. I think that yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that one. All right, I'm actually gonna go Ken Shamrock and Jeff Jarrett. Ooh, I might have okay. been the only person in the world that was a Jeff Jarrett fan. I will agree with that assessment 100%. Hey, I was a Jeff Jarrett fan, man. I, I like, I don't know. I don't know why. It was just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I might have been the only nine year old that was a Jeff Jarrett fan. I liked his whole career, man. Like, even this this iteration of Jeff Jarrett. Um, definitely enjoyed him when he was... Uh, had the guitar, walked around with the guitar and was with Deborah. Did you uh, enjoy it because of him, or did you enjoy it because of Deborah? Well, at the nine years old, I enjoyed it, enjoyed it because of Deborah, but I did like the fact that he was hitting people over the head with a guitar. That was funny to me. Yeah. I tried it a couple of times. <laughs> I don't know what kind of guitars he was using. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you ain't had the same success. I didn't have the same success that he had. I also probably was not swinging as hard as he was. Fair. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett, that was my boy. I even liked him in WCW, man. I was happy when he got the WCW title. Uh, he was cool. Wasn't a huge fan of a uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. It, you know, I I enjoyed the uh, guitar shots, but that was about it. Nothing more, nothing less. Okay, all right. So, what was your least favorite match? Um, the least favorite match. I'll probably say two merch versus Al Snow. Too much, which later turned out to be too cool. Mm-hmm. Versus Al Snow and Head. Let me ask you a question. Yo. Did, did you know, did you understand the reference at that age? I did not. I didn't either. I wish I did. I did. I do too. I do. I did not understand at all at that age. Because, you know, at that age, you have such an innocent mind, or most people have such an innocent mind at that age. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're not really catching the subliminals and, you know, you, you're looking at it as, as a comedy. You know, the mannequin head and stuff like that. And, oh, joint. The head, name head, and, but then when you get older and he and he listen to his intro and like, what does everybody want? Head, what does everybody need? Head. It's like, oh, older now. I get it. <laughs> I think that might have been the most iconic theme song in the Attitude Era. <laughs> Looking back at it now, think so. It's a song I would play today. Yeah. <laughs> No headphones. <laughs> all full bass. blast. Full blast. <laughs> full blast. All bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, there were some iconic theme intros, man, from the Attitude Era, man. I mean, iconic. But oh yeah, like oh, what? Yeah. Al Snow had the number one theme song. Oof, he did. Cause I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a very, it was a statement, right? And it was facts. Yeah. For for me personally, number two is a badass Billy Gun. I'm an ass man. See, I didn't understand that one either. Oh, when I, 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 when, I when, when I was when I was nine years old, man, I oh, was like, man. That one I understood like, at that age. I listened to the lyrics. <laughs> oh, I I didn't listen to the lyrics. Yeah, I listened to Not, the lyrics, man. To this day, I haven't listened to the lyrics, and I think I need to. Oh, hey, man, that's, like, a, that's a wild song. <laughs> it's like, I'm an ass, man. And, but then he would call himself like Mr. Ass. I was like, I, I thought he was talking about his ass. Oh, nah. I man said, I love to love him and I love to kiss him. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, bro, it's a, it's, a, it's a wild song, man. <laughs> like, I, I loved when the New Age Outlaws came out together. You know, Road Dog did his thing. But when Billy came out solo and, 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 and I'm an ass man was playing, I said, okay, okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Speaking of, mm-hmm. so we have a lot of people in DX, except for uh, Triple H. But uh, yeah, a lot of DX in this King of the Ring in this pay per view. So you had X Pac, you had the New New Age Outlaws, you had China. Question I have for you: Are were you a fan of the original? Degeneration X or the generation or the version with the New Age Outlaws X Pop Triple H as the leader. Um, mm. I ask because I they like to combine the two mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. like the New Age Outlaws and X Pop was there when it was Shawn Michaels and Triple H. At no point were they ever D-Generation X together. Right. And I don't like the fact that WWE tries to group them together. Like, I feel like those were two different factions. Same name, but two different factions. Right. I know. I know. I I see what you're saying. I definitely agree. Um, Like, when the Four Horsemen went into the Hall of Fame, they ain't had... I mean, you know what I mean? Iterations of the Four Horsemen they were. Right. A lot, but but <laughs> exactly, but you only had uh, what's his name? I can't think of his first name. Um, uh, Wyndham, I think his name was Barry Wyndham, mm-hmm. Rick Flair, mm-hmm. Arn Anderson, Tully, and JJ right. J. Dillon. That, that's right. who you that's who got inducted, but there was numerous iterations of the four horsemen, very true. So, like, I'll let you answer the question. My bad. No, 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 man. You're good. Um, so, it's so tough. I did I did like both both iterations of the fashion. I did. Um, I, without thinking right off the top, I'm going to say the Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Because, I mean, they they had, to me, iconic moments and shenanigans going on. Uh, you know what I mean? Just. I agree, man. That was my favorite iteration as well. I, I mean, obviously, I enjoyed the other iteration of the Generation X because they were entertaining as well. Right. But it was I man, I can still watch the Shawn Michaels Triple H version, early version, ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Yeah. It was good. 
It was. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, man, let me ask you a question. I know we haven't gotten into the matches, but, you know, Ken Shamrock, uh, you know, was the King of the Ring uh, winner. Why don't you think that Ken Shamrock got more love? You know, with most people, when they want the King of the Ring, Bret Hart, Stone Cold, uh, Triple H, I mean, their careers, I mean, the trajectory just was crazy. I feel like that didn't happen with Ken Shamrock. So, in me listening to like other wrestling podcasts, one um, it's called Grilling Jr. It's okay. with Jr. and uh, Conrad Thompson. Okay. And apparently, I, I, he asked that question as well, and I, I believe the answer was uh, Ken Shamrock wasn't dependable. Because mm. I mean, look at it. He. I mean, he had the Intercontinental Championship right. a couple of times. Right. And then he went into the corporate team, mm-hmm. and he was the Intercontinental Champion. Mm-hmm. I thought, I think they wanted to, but to put you in that top spot, they got to be able to depend on you. And I think like some shows or one show he didn't come to and might have been some other stuff involved in his uh, personal life, but yeah, I believe the answer was he wasn't dependable. Okay. But yeah, hmm. man, I I was uh, wondering the same thing because he came in with so much hype and he had a pretty good I liked Kim Shamrock. I did too. I, I, I liked his theme music. Liked him as a wrestler, so I—I I mean, yeah, I—I I agree, man. It was—I uh, was wondering the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, seeing the history of the tournament, and you know, I mean, it just seemed like every winner just. At some point, even, you know, became like a Hall of Famer at some point or had a Hall of Fame worthy career or was on that trajectory. And it just seems like I'm not going to say he was the only one, but it just seemed like it just fell completely flat with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. uh, Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, this took place in June. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, man. I'm trying to think of uh, 98 in general. Well, I think they were grooming. This is 98. This was June. Rock won the championship in November. Uh, it was I think it also might have been, in my opinion, timing. Mm. Like, realistically, where would he fit? Where would he have fit in, like, the title picture? I'm asking. Mm. That's a really good question. Because you had Stone Cold, top guy. Right. Main feud with them was Austin McMahon. Right. Yeah, they were obviously grooming The Rock. Or maybe they weren't, but. Uh, yeah. Rock, it, Rock, it Rock and. I feel like Rock and Triple H had. Their summer heat and summer feuds. And you could definitely tell that those two were on a trajectory single singles wise, I thought. Where does Ken Shamrock I, I I mean logically, yeah, if you win the King of the Ring, you think you get like a you know, a bigger push to the top, but <sighs> 
now that I think about it, it's like I don't really see I didn't see him fitting in in the top. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it, it was it was too many heavy, heavy hitters at that moment at that time, and I don't think. I mean, yeah, you're right. It just didn't fit. It, it was it was suing people either at the top level or even right below. You know what I mean? Um, don't get me wrong. The uh, Intercontinental uh, Championship. I mean, just having that title and also being the King of the Ring winner is very noteworthy and important, but there were too many people who just, I guess, in front of them. You know what I mean? Like you said, Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, Undertaker. Uh, I, I'd even say Mankind as well. Like there was, it was too many big names at that time. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Too many heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Where? Yeah, I just don't see. I don't see where Ken Shamrock fit in on the top. So maybe it didn't have anything to do with uh, all those, all that other stuff. Just wasn't. Nah. Just one top guy material. Right. At, at that point. Man. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy now seeing him talking about it and you know seeing what he's done and just really realizing that. Realizing all the people who were in front of him, you know, had a lot of heavy hitters, right? That time was crazy, insane, man. Insane. I mean, so everybody knows what what really happened at this pay per view. The, the reason that people talk about this pay-per-view today. Watching it back, what are your what are your what are your real thoughts on that hell in a cell match between Undertaker, Mankind? Mankind gets thrown off the cage. All right. So first thought is Number one, this match was actually a lot shorter than I thought it was. Because when I'm watching it, I completely forgot that it started off at the top of the cage. Like, boom, as soon as they get there, Mankind goes to the top, goes to the top, Taker goes to meet him. Like, okay. And second, I didn't realize it was so early in the match that Taker threw Mankind off the top of the occasion to the announce table. Like, that was insane, especially to be within, like, the first two, three minutes of the entire match, which to me... Arguably, arguably is the most famous bump in WWE history to me. Um, and then for it to be in the beginning, okay, cool. You think Mankind's going to be taken off in the stretcher and it's going to be, you know, that's it. That was like he comes back to go back to the top and for him to get choke slammed through the through the top. I'm like, wow. I don't know how he's still standing, but all right. And it was such an iconic match that I still see why it is appreciated today. 
I mean, you can't forget it. Right. You'll never be able to forget that match. Never. Uh, yeah, it was much shorter of a match. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the match, they were trying to check on check on Mankind, make sure he was still alive. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Question. Do you think I mean I know it was Mankind's idea mm-hmm. and there's been numerous stories told how Undertaker was like no I don't think we need to do that Mankind mm-hmm. really 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 wanted to do it mm-hmm. How do I put this Without those spots And just given the match that we were given, without mm-hmm. being thrown off the cell, thrown through the cell, mm-hmm. the match that we were given, everything that happened in the ring, still some crazy stuff. Choke slams mm-hmm. on thumbtacks, things of that nature. It was still brutal once they got back in the ring. Right. You think they needed that others? You think they needed those big bumps? Without thinking, I'm going to say yes. Um, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say yes because I feel like I mean there, there was there was no wrestling, man. There was no wrestling in the match. You know what I mean? I think that they were probably going for shock value and they were trying to steal the show, which they did, of course. And it solidified both. And I mean it it I mean it made Macon McFoley, I mean, legend and and, and goaded and 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 everything, you know what I mean? Once that happened, I think everybody appreciated him a lot more and continue to do so to this day because of that match. Okay, so you think that this match was Mick Foley's defining moment of his career? Um, Before, Before and after. I'm going to say yes, because I remember when he finally got uh, the heavyweight championship and all the wrestlers came out to the ring. I think everybody was just showing their appreciation because, I mean, I, I really feel like that was one of the defining moments of not just the Attitude Era, but just WWE in general, WWF at the time. Gotcha. The reason I ask is because, I mean, he had some pretty wild moments before this. I agree. He did. Definitely did. And after, not as severe as this, but I mean, he got speared through a a flaming table. Mm -hmm. He had a pretty iconic Hell in a Cell match with Triple H in 2000. I mean, he had some wild matches outside of this. Right. Where I don't know if, I mean, i am be honest with you. I see, I like the match between him and Edge at WrestleMania, uh, it might have been 23. Okay. I think. 22, 23. I forgot what, what number it was, but uh, I'll take that match over this Hell in a Cell. I don't think he needed it. For, for him to be in the Hall of Fame. I I mean, obviously, it was something that we as fans appreciated, but I don't think he needed it. And Undertaker definitely didn't need it. Right. Well, I don't think he needed to be in the Hall of Fame, but I think that... I mean, I think this match... I mean, like you said, there was no wrestling. And I'm showing that it was a 17-minute match 
I mean, what? 10 or more than half of that for sure was them checking on him to make sure he was still alive. But him taking that bump so early in the match, I mean, because you got to think about at that moment, we've never really seen anything like that before. Yeah, that's true. And the thinking about the time, and then um, I mean the image of him sitting up against the tar- turn uh, turnbuckle with his tooth in his nose was just crazy. Yeah, I mean, we it, no doubt about it. It definitely showed that this guy's crazy, tough. Mm. It definitely showed all of those things, for sure, without a doubt. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I remember I, reading somewhere before that Um, what was it? How Bret Hart is linked, of course, to the Montreal Screw Drive, and how it's, that's one of the wrestling's defining moments. Is how I forgot who wrote it, but it, they were saying that that is how Mick Mick Foley is connected to Hell Hell in a Cell, and one of wrestling's defining moments as well. And then I, I put to me personally, I do I definitely put that up there. I mean, I think that that was a. One of the biggest moments in the industry, man. Oh, without yeah, it was. Um, but I don't think they, I don't think they needed those two spots. I don't. Th- I don't think the match needed it. I think those two were two big enough stars where they could have had a regular. Matching Hell in a Cell. And it would have still been great. I agree. I'm not I'm not I'm not disagreeing disagreeing with you on that front. But I'm just saying for those two, how you say how they didn't need it, I think that's why it's even bigger that it was them because they didn't need it and yet they still did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying on that one. Yeah. Like, uh, and I think that's why it's even more, I don't want to say impressive, but it's even more defining because you already had to solidify legends. And this right here just put them over the complete top and and really just put them I was and especially McFoley. It it when the fans saw that, I mean, he was solidified for life. Yeah. And I mean they still show clips from that to this day. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's still at every single, I feel like, generation uh, knows about that that match. And they understand why Mick Foley is so loved wherever he goes. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what I didn't know until, you know, these numerous interviews that Mick Foley has done. So getting thrown off the cage was planned. Mm-hmm. Getting thrown through the cage was not. And getting thrown through the cage hurt a lot more than getting thrown off. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Because, yeah, they were supposed to do a choke slam, but he wasn't supposed the, to... The, the cell was not supposed to give way, and it was he was not supposed to go through that cell. Wow! And that's when things got scary for everybody that was there because that wasn't supposed to happen. 
And as we know, that mat is not a bouncy, uh, bouncy uh, playhouse. Right. And plus the chair fell on top of his face, his head. That's how his tooth got knocked out. The Undertaker was saying, now, if he didn't move back a second before throwing him through the cage. He would have went through, too. He would have went through, fell Mm. on top of him, Mm. and ain't no Mick Foley probably would have died. Because Undertaker was 300 and something pounds. Yeah, those were two. I remember when uh, watching the match, they were walking. Remember, like, part of the cage, they kind of, like, took a step and it kind of broke. They It's like the foot went through. And so I can definitely see mankind not supposed to go through the cage. Like, but, I mean, when – you got that that much force and that much weight with both of them up there. As it was, like I said, they were. If you watched early in the match when they walked, it was, I think it was before uh, Undertaker uh, tossed them off of the uh, the top of the cell. You could see like the the part of the roof kind of buckle, and even Jr. was like, "Man, you got two basically big dudes up there, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to try to." Got, trying to support all that weight is crazy. Yeah, I mean, whew, just the impact and everything. Sometimes it's hard for me to watch now. Yeah, for like, sure. Especially doing what we know now, definitely. It's definitely hard for me to watch, but uh, definitely iconic. One of, definitely one of my favorite matches ever. Just based off the wow factor, it's like, wow. And for him to, after getting thrown off the cage, get off the gurney, climb back up the cage, mm-hmm. and then get thrown through it. Get thrown through it. Yep. Put out thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the move is called when you're on somebody's back and they fall back, but did that move. Got choke slammed on the thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. Tombstone. Mm-hmm. And then still kicked the foot out after three to show that. And then comes out in the following match. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's gotta be adrenaline or McFoley is just well, we know he has a high tolerance of pain, but yeah. That's just a different level. Yes, you this is gonna be random. You wanna know what my favorite part of that match was? What? It has nothing to do with McFoley. It is when the Undertaker choke slams Terry Funk out of his shoes. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. So. <laughs> like I don't know if being if the shoes coming off. Was planned, but I mean that that made that whoo. I, I actually paused it and I kept going back just to watch just to watch that one moment. It's him getting literally choked land out of his shoes, man. That's my favorite part of the whole match. That actually might be my, my favorite part of the whole pay per view. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty hilarious. Actually, yeah, man. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, so that was that match, and then we had the main event, Kane and Stone Cold. I think after this match, crowd was like, "Well," and Kane and Stone Cold knew that they, I mean, ain't really nothing they could do to 
follow that. It was kind of it's like, yeah, right. we have to do this. You know, we have to do this <laughs> for the title, but uh, not expecting uh, not expecting to steal the show here. Is you're not throwing me off the cage, and I'm not throwing you off nothing. So uh, it's just gonna be what it was. The 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 only way that they could have topped the previous match, especially it it was maybe it would be one thing if the Undertaker Mankind match happened earlier in the card, but for them to literally follow up right after. The only way is if Kane would have lost and he had set himself on fire. That's the only way that they could have topped that. I mean, they, they, you know what? They wouldn't have even have been able to top it, but just come close. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. Like, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Should have. Uh, they should have. They should have changed it. They should have changed the. They should have changed the what happened in the match or what was going to happen in the match. Mm-hmm. And Kane should have set himself on fire. You're right. Only way, man. Because if I was Stone Cold or Kane, I would be sitting back there in the locker room, gorilla position, wherever they are. And I would have said, how am I supposed to top that? Yeah, I mean, they, they couldn't. They knew they couldn't. I mean, it was a first blood match, which was, uh, I mean, that was the first, the first, first blood match I've saw in the WWF, so. But I mean, yeah, it was uh, that was supposed to be an iconic match, right? I mean, if you if yeah, you think, go ahead, go ahead, go no, ahead, no, go no. ahead. No, no, because yeah, you know, you, I know you're gonna say something way more. I I can go later, so say what you gotta say because you're gonna say something very, very profound. I felt it. I wasn't gonna say nothing profound. What I was gonna say was well, I, I thought the whole match was pretty stupid since Kane came out full. And was in a <laughs> he had a mask on, both sleeves. <laughs> and that's why I was really profound because I definitely agree with you with that one. Cause when he came, I said, How's he going wait, what? Stone Cold just got on some trunks and boots and you know, and some knee braces. Like we already know he gonna bleed, he gonna bleed first. <laughs> and I mean it's exactly, and at that point, it was like, why? We, why is the stipulation a first blood match when you're not even gonna be able to see if this man is bleeding? Right. So it was, uh, that match, watching it back, it was like yeah, this really doesn't make too much sense. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold could just yeah, Kane could have threw him in the, in the steps, and he would have started bleeding on his back or something. We would have saw that. Same thing happened to Kane. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. And Kane wore red. Exactly. Thank. Yep. You. You hit on exactly what I was about to say. If he was bleeding, you wouldn't know because he got. He wear red. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. That whole match. So I say that to say, without mankind and Undertaker, this this whole pay per view would have been a dud. I have to agree with you on that one because for this to be a King of the Ring pay-per-view, I completely forgot. I remember the Hell in a Cell match. I mean, it's was, it was the most memorable. It's one of, if not the most memorable moment in, in history of not just Hell in a Cell, but um, WWE. But when I had chosen this pay per view to uh, to to watch and review, 
I completely forgot it was a King of the Ring tournament. Yeah, I think we all did. I think this pay-per-view is synonymous for one match. Right. And one match only. And it had nothing to do with uh, the main event. <laughs> or, or, or the tournament. <laughs> I, I forgot Ken Shamrock was even king of the he was even king of the ring. Cause you know, so I watched, I said, Oh yeah, I forgot all about that. I did too. I definitely forgot. I forgot when we <laughs> We was like, oh, we watching King of the Ring 1998. Only thing I could think of when we mentioned it two weeks ago on the, is, as that being the topic we were going to discuss was Undertaker and Mankind, Hell in a Cell. Definitely forgot without putting two and two together. Oh, yeah, we're watching King of the Ring. It was a King of the Ring tournament. Yeah. Didn't even, didn't even cross my mind until I started watching. It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, because um, about three weeks ago, I forgot I was watching something, and then I just remember thinking, "Man, I actually want to watch that match over again," you know, so we can talk about it. And I remember what year I said. I remember it was in nineteen ninety-eight, and but I couldn't really, I couldn't remember exactly what pay per view it was. And so then, in, the, in, in my in my researching, I said, "That was at a King of the Ring uh, pay per view." Wow. Completely forgot about the tournament. Completely forgot about the first blood match. I just, so I turned to it and I just said, you know why I'm here and you know what I'm here to watch, but I'm going to enjoy everything else. (laughs) Oh, man. And yeah, now that we're talking about it, now that I watched it again as an adult, that was a pretty stupid stipulation to have. As a, it should have oh. just been a reg, it should have just been a regular match. Mm-hmm. Um, I man, I understand that. I understand that Stone Cold was going to lose. That's what we wanted to do, which also didn't make sense because he wanted back the next night. Um, but it didn't really make too much sense. I. I I get what we were uh, kind of building up for. Mm-hmm. High, high, I guess Highway to Hell, SummerSlam, 98, Stone mm-hmm. Cold, Undertaker. But, uh, um, man, it was uh, – it really didn't make sense. It could have been other reasons of why he lost that match that night right we could have we you know like it could have been hell could just been a disqualification yeah and and i'm also questioning the king setting himself on fire and like was it was that the uh, uh like the alert of that match like oh Kane might lose, so he might be set on fire. When, like you said, there was no chance of of us seeing blood or, or him bleeding at all. So it was kind of null. You know what I mean? Null and void. Like we all knew it wasn't going to happen. And I'm, I'm not even saying that because the whole set on fire part. I'm just saying. We knew that we can't have the mask on. We wasn't going to see blood. Yeah, it, it didn't make sense, man. None of the stipulations made sense. Like, all right, if you're losing, you're going to set them on fire. Yeah, why? I don't know, man. This is it's, this was some questionable... This was actually a questionable pay-per-view, if you ask me. Yeah, it was. I mean. Yeah. Oh. Just not even. I'm questioning, of course. I mean, a lot of you can almost question every single uh match on this card, but I'm questioning this whole pay-per-view. 
I mean, outside of uh, Taker Mankind, which wasn't even a match or, you know, the booking. I'm not questioning that because all the bumps just overshadows all of that. But I'm questioning this entire pay-per-view. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty bad, man. Now, looking back at it, you know, it started out saying it was solid, but now we, we said, and I mean, everything else. I mean, let's see, six man tag match. I mean, that was okay. Ken Shan Rob defeated Jeff Jarrett. That I mean, that was cool. Rock defeated Dan Severin. That's not even noteworthy. Too much Al Snow. Eh. S Pac Owen Hart. Eh. <laughs> New Age Outlaws. Uh Midnight Express. That's another eh. I mean, the only two matches to meet up were noteworthy. Ken Shan Rock versus The Rock and Undertaker versus Mankind. To me personally. Yeah, man, same. It was uh Yes, yeah, it's, it's wasn't that great. I I my whole thing with the back on the main event, and this is the last point I'm gonna make. Okay. He lost the belt to win it back the next night. <laughs> yeah. Pretty bad. I never, I never understood why that happens. Never. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I didn't. I don't understand that. The next night. That's crazy. I didn't they, get that. They didn't want Kane to set himself on fire. Is that the reason? Maybe I don't know. Then why make the stipulation? I ain't nobody asked for that shit. Hey, look, man, I, I, I'm I'm a Libra, so I analyze everything from both perspectives. I, I try to give a. <laughs> I, I, I try to give the other side something, or I'll try to see their point of view. I'm not saying I agree with it because I'm with you, but I'm just trying to possibly justify the reasoning but it's not a good reason either way you know what I mean yeah man this this is this is rough I put it to you like this like I said earlier I forgot that this was a king of the ring pay-per-view so I, I think that tells how bad it or what I think of how bad this pay-per-view was uh, that main event with Stone Cold and Kane, I completely forgot about that until I did the research and watched the pay-per-view. Wasn't even noteworthy. Um, wasn't, I mean, it, they, 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 they could have ended the, uh, the, the whole pay-per-view after, uh, Mankind and uh, Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, looking back at it, of course, but uh, uh, I mean, Stone Cold is still your your hottest star at that time, so pretty sure that's why the people bought tickets. Yeah. They they saw Stone Cold, and and maybe that was it. Maybe it was like ah, we just gotta get him on the card because I know he had a uh, yeah staph infection. That's yeah. why he had had that uh, big elbow pad on. But maybe it was just like ah, we just gotta put something together and get him out there. Well, I, but I 
like I said, man, and I, this is the last time I'm saying it, but it's not like he lost the title and even lost the title for a month. He lost the title for less than 24 hours. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to say that was Kane's only WWF championship reign. I remember he, later on he got the World Heavyweight Championship. But I think that was his, his his one and only WWF Championship reign. You sure about that? I think he might have been champion again at some point. I said, that's why I said I think he was. I know he was a world champion at uh, one point. He had the uh, the World Heavyweight Championship. He had the the big. It was the big gold belt. I do remember that. I thought he was WWF champion for another time. I don't think so. Hmm. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I don't remember him being champion that often. Shit, he was more uh, tag team champion uh, than anything. You're right. He was WWF champion one time. So for less than 24 hours, that was his reign. And that was it. Yep. I mean, I will also say that he didn't need it. He didn't? I don't think so. Remember a few a few months ago when I asked you why I was in a taker, uh, I felt like he why don't why didn't he have more championship reigns? And then you said he didn't need it. I would I'm not putting him on the same level as the Undertaker, but I'm gonna go with that as well. Like, I feel like he didn't need it, man. We all know Kane did damage, and he was of. He wasn't, I feel like he was just, I mean, just under that top tier status. But, I mean, with his longevity and everything he was able to do, I feel like he didn't need it. Yeah, I could get with that. He, he, he No, he didn't need it. Um, wish he had it more, but you're right, he didn't need it. Right. I mean, he had a long career. And, I mean, he got a lot of victories, too, to not be the heavyweight uh, champion. But, I mean, it's almost like, of course, to me, he was a, personally, he was above Ken Shamrock. But it's almost like how we were saying about Ken Shamrock. I mean, the that top-tier spots, man, it was so full at the time. But I think he was literally right underneath it. But of course, above where Ken Shamrock was. That's to me personally. Oh yeah, without doubt. I mean, Kane was consistent. He was uh he was dominant his whole career. Yeah. All right, well, putting a button on this pay-per-view. One to five, what you got? True. Huh. Man, I'm gonna say 1.5, man. I want to say one, and that's only because of the Hell in Cell match. I didn't, I didn't understand this pay per view, like at all. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. With, I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with you. 1.5, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get it, man. I didn't understand it at all. Yeah, man, 1.5. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. What uh what pay-per-view we going to be talking about uh next week, man? Hey man, that's on you, man. I, I chose this one, man. So, so what you what you feeling like? 
Man. Over the Edge, mm. 1998. Okay. I don't know why. But I, I, I want to stay in 1998. All right. Sounds good, man. Was that Over the Edge? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Judgment Day, 1998. Mm. Okay. Okay. I want, I want that pay per view. Judgment Day, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, let's do that one. Sounds good, man. All right, next week, Judgment Day, nineteen ninety eight. I'm excited. Same here, as always. All right, man. We out. <laughs>